Okay, here with another episode of Big Questions, No Answers with... Katya. <laughs> Katya. Um, okay, Katya, here's my question. Okay. You can take this as broadly or as specifically as you'd like. What makes you, you? Oh, no. Or, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, This is a great question because I think... The idea of the self has been coming up a lot in like the last month of sort of my classes and like my personal life also. Um, I think that a lot of what makes you you is what you think makes you you. Mm -hmm. And so what you are is determined by how you think you can or you should act. Like the same idea of where we draw a line, it's just exactly where you place the line. So in, in Buddhist philosophy, I think, or even better, ancient Chinese philosophy, um, they talk about how the idea of self, is, is, it just doesn't exist because who you are is determined totally by the people that are around you and like being receptive to those people around you. And that's an idea that I've really taken on board recently and in thinking that you shouldn't be limiting yourself by placing definitions on who you are, but just mm. being open to doing anything because you can, mm. to some limit, do anything that you want to do, Right, I believe. Limitation um, is placed on yourself. Definitely. And I think that's a common idea that we have in Canada or maybe in the West if you want to take such a general sort of concept like that mm -hmm. um, by labels like introverted and shy or extroverted or funny or chatty and all those things because if you think about it like there are so many different situations in which you're either shy or you're not shy you know when you're comfortable with someone you're not shy you're outgoing and you're bubbly and you're funny right, and you're right. loud um, and then as soon as you maybe when you're thinking about something that you want to do or something that you've never done before you start bringing up these concepts from I guess your history but there's no reason why why your experiences in the past where you're approaching things that you've never done before should continue to define the things that you're doing mm -hmm. next. But don't you think it makes sense in some way to have something that is conserved that you can point to and be like, this is who I define myself to be? Like, can you just be this free-flowing object? You know what I mean? Getting passed around and like, I am in my surroundings. <laughs> You know, is that how you exist? Is that how you operate in the world? Or? I think that it's really hard to think of yourself like that, which yeah. is why we don't, which is why we want like concrete ideas. Maybe that's a part of trying to hold on to like the chaos that's around us and knowing mm. that you have something that's certain and central. But I think, I don't know, it just, I think that maybe it's a balance. <laughs> maybe it's a balance mm -hmm. between both. It's hel definitely helpful in some situations to have a reference point. Can you think of any, like, specifically, like, where it would be very useful? Like, maybe when you're introducing yourself to someone else or... Yeah, I, mean, I think there's a lot of areas throughout. I mean, just because, like you say, our oh, society is set up to be kind of, again, Western perspective, but, like, self-oriented. Like, mm -hmm. think of a job interview. Yeah. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> I'm well, anyone you want me yeah. to be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't you get the job, though? Like, I'll be anything that... <laughs> Maybe you would. Yeah, maybe you would. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, the small amount of study I've gone into this was in my philosophy of mind course. Mm -hmm. And it, I mean, the conclusion was the 
you can't really pinpoint the self. Yeah. It's like this, again, it's this kind of unidentifiable entity that we think should be there, but doesn't seem to be there when you like really probe it. But, you know, things like memory, mm-hmm. things like uh, your thoughts, feelings and emotions, your like you are your experience, I guess. That's like what it would come down to. But then again, you can come... Like, that is, I guess, the Buddhist philosophy, right? I really like that, though. You are your experience. And I think that because you are your experiences, you ought to search out as many experiences as you can. Mm -hmm. Mm. Maybe to come to some sort of self-definition that you're proud of or think that you'd like to be the most. Like, maybe that's an excellent reason why we should have some sort of fixed ideas so that we can try and achieve that ideal. Like, I want Mm -hmm. to be kinder. It's it's good to have that because it's, I don't know, a moral quality to be kind and something to strive for that is is fixed. Um, Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it is tough to be in the world, like I just said, like, and have that perspective and be like, well, I don't actually have a self. Like all of this is, uh, is something I'm actively <laughs> constructing, which, you know, experienced meditators will tell you you are. And like my, you know, I meditate like not very seriously, but you get some kind of inkling of that. Like mm-hmm. once you're really concentrating on your, on your breath and you're realizing that all of these thoughts and uh, emotions are just getting injected into your mind and in your daily life you have really no kind of no recourse other than to it feels like someone's just throwing tennis balls at a wall Mm -hmm. and these tennis balls are just pinging off the wall pinging off the wall (laughs) and like in daily life you're just trying to catch all these (laughs) tennis balls like these are thoughts like just racing through your mind yeah and then when you're in meditating in that meditative state you can realize like oh, I don't have to do anything about those. Like, yeah. someone's just throwing them. You know what I mean? Right. It's not about controlling them, like trying to, like, manage which ones actually hit or, like, choosing which right. ones you catch. Like, right, right. Ones, Absolutely. Maybe. And, like, that's what it comes down to, too, is what I realize is you do have, you have the ability to choose which thoughts you entertain. Totally, That's yeah. what meditation is definitely, just my small experiences with it, has really kind of showed me. That's very cool. Yeah. And your thoughts go on to dictate your actions which then define you as a person right absolutely i agree i think meditation is an important do you meditate i don't think i'm doing it right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like a lot of people say that yeah i think i think because um maybe you reach some sort of like basic step and you're Mm -hmm. like oh wow like i'm not thinking about anything and it feels easy to not easy but like it seems achievable to get that or like have a like sit with a blank mind or Mm. Um, and I think I can do that, but that makes me think that I'm not doing it right. Interesting. Because it's just Maybe you're just <laughs> like a Buddha. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> You've achieved enlightenment already. Um, I think the cool thing, I mean, the only sort of, I've very little like experience in meditation. I, I mostly just got it from like Sam Harris. Yep. But same. Just, like, <laughs> just that idea of like placing your awareness somewhere and like thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, now I feel tired, like just thinking about the tired makes you stop feeling so tired or like upset, angry, sad. Right, like, right. And it's just like focusing that awareness on that does seem to give you some control back over it, which is really cool. And I, I've noticed that like having an effect on me in my daily life. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy how powerful that is. And also just like the levels of consciousness that's involved there. You have these sort of like very basic uncontrollable things that happen to you and then you can 
from somewhere, like think about those things that are happening to you, and it keeps going, right? As you probably came across in your philosophy of mind, there's just like limitless right. and infinite regress of yous that can think about what's happening to you, which is a headache. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 strange, but it's like you said, it's really cool that that skill can carry over into your daily life, and mm. you can ha- bring that awareness to, you know, like that that fire of anger or that frustration you get when you're dealing with somebody or some situation that yeah it objectively it probably is annoying but mm-hmm. you could like take that minute and be like okay do I really need to respond in this way or maybe you do initially respond like that and be like hang on it's made me more like just much more compassionate to other people too because I realize that you know everyone's these individual minds who are having their own lives and their own experiences and they're coming at the situation with a, like, I mean, you can only guess at what's going on mm-hmm. in their head, but something similar to yours, that's just what you have to assume, right? Definitely. Um, and, yeah, just that, that moment to reflect and being like, is this warranted? And then sitting in that emotion, like Sam Harris talks about that a lot with anger. Like, yeah. try and just, if you feel the anger, just, like, sit with it and, like, experience it. Where is it? Where is, is it in your eyes? Is mm-hmm. it in your head? Like, is it in your stomach? And then after like two minutes, it's like, what did that even feel like? It goes, yeah, which is really weird. Like once you put your concentration on it, right? You're talking about feeling more compassionate towards other people and like managing the way you react to it. And I think that supports a lot of this idea of the self that I was saying at the beginning. I think that these courses where I'm learning about ancient Chinese philosophy and Buddhism and different ideas of the self. Um, they emphasize so much about our place in the world and how much you are defined by the people around you Mm. and how important it is then that you're conscious of how you're affecting people Mm. around you. Um, And I think a lot of who you are, or maybe all of it, we can talk about it, (laughs) (laughs) how how much are you who you are just solely by your environment? Right, right. Because when I'm with my best friend, I will be loud and more confident and carefree maybe. When I'm with people I don't know, I'm going to be more reserved and quiet. Mm -hmm. Is that warranted to do that? Like should, there's no reason really, I guess, why why I should act so differently in those different situations. Mm -hmm. If we had one idea of the self as I am always shy and introverted, shouldn't that carry through all these different situations? Right, right, right. But there probably are people who maybe it's because they've identified themselves as an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Like I've been doing that more. Like I think I've shifted from being an introvert to being an extrovert. Mm. I th- or maybe I was always, I, I, it's a continuum obviously, but like I, I, they define introvert and extrovert as extroverted people get energy from interacting with others. Yeah. Whereas introverted people feel like drained by it. They yeah. feel like tired. Yeah. And, like, maybe you say, like, it de- just depends on the people you're around. Mm-hmm. And so just you need to be around the right people to be an extrovert. There's definitely times where I'm like, oh, I can't, I don't feel like socializing that much. Mm. But I still want to reach out to the people who I'm most comfortable with. But right. It doesn't feel like I'm socializing. Like, there's no energy going into it because it's just kind of natural. Right, right, right. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I found that this year with uh, living with roommates and living with roommates that I am good friends with it's been honestly it's been great like it's a huge shift in like my mental state just because like last year I would I was living with someone 
well, I was living with one guy I knew, mm-hmm. perfectly chill, and then two other guys. Um, they were all really nice, but they were just never home. Yeah. And um, like, I just found myself alone a lot and thinking. And I'm a kind of person that just my mind likes to wander and likes yeah. to just cycle. And I think a lot of people's minds are like that. Um, and you just find yourself in these like thought patterns and these loops. Again, something meditation has helped me kind of mm. break out, break out of a little bit. Totally. Um, but you just convince yourself of just ridiculous things, or like you're emotionally spiraling, yeah. and then you realize like, why did I even? You How know, did you get here? Yeah, <laughs> where am I right now? Like, yeah, exactly. And uh, like you say, like being home and having friends around you, and but not really feeling like you're socializing. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a resting state of just kind of like interaction yeah definitely yeah yeah do you think at the moment you're more extroverted or introverted definitely extroverted Mm. and now that you've like brought that up i'm thinking like because like i said because i've identified myself as extroverted do i feel the need in every situation to be like extroverted you know what i mean yeah definitely i think i think it varies by the situation i think because honestly, I'm thinking, and I probably am more apt to just start conversations with people now mm. than I was before. Totally. But like, is that just my confidence has increased or like, it, you know, I don't know. It could be. And you have experiences being confident and being the first one to strike a conversation. You're like, hey, this works. And you just keep doing it right. over and over. And people generally like that. You know, they like mm-hmm. being approached and singled out and being like, oh, yeah. someone's paying attention to me. Like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know where I learned that the most is... Uh, elderly people on the bus oh, no. they don't give a shit like they yeah. just come up to you like you could be in your headphones and they'll be like man the weather today is just crazy isn't it and you're like yeah it is it's wild and then you just like talk about like this woman talked to me about her like retirement plan and how like sadie didn't save and now she's you know like living in a in like a one-bedroom apartment like no. i was like oh man i'm really getting into this it's like good information to have you know? like, <laughs> yeah right that's the thing about interacting with people it's like it's it's a learning it's a learning curve a learning absolutely opportunity a lot of the times when people talk to me on the bus I'm like I don't want to have a conversation like I'm tired I want to go home but like situations like that like like why not engage with someone else and find out what's going on in their mind it probably will help you somewhere down the road you're going to learn to save absolutely not end up like saving exactly right that's a life lesson right there (laughs) thank you random elderly lady in the bus I appreciate that totally (laughs) but yeah like people are also they're more I don't know if they're like scared of interaction now but they are much less willing to engage in you know just a random social interaction i feel like it's de- i don't know i feel like it's vancouver like a lot, a lot yeah of it could it. be definitely like just definitely i noticed that in uh like wet american canadian society the most mm. like i went to guatemala like uh, not last summer the summer before nice. um for a month and like it's just completely different mm-hmm. like people you know buenas buenos dias like everybody saying hello to each other yeah. when you leave a restaurant or like when you go into a restaurant you wish everyone a good meal buen provecho buen provecho <laughs> like everyone's oh thanks Lovely. like the, it's a very socially oriented culture you yeah. know and yeah i don't know if that's something specifically the west is doing or like technology or you know like what what's going on there could be a lot of those things yeah i wonder whether it's just that knowledge that your experience of a situation is so important and the way then experience is heightened and made better better is to have well-mannered open talkative individuals Mm. who aren't constantly worried about I don't know what. Why don't people engage here? Like, there is definitely a lack of community and feeling of like cohesion For in sure. Vancouver, and I can't figure out 
wise. Yeah. As if people are scared of interacting, social anxiety. I mean, like, I guess there are a lot of factors. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think yeah, specifically Vancouver probably is. I wonder if it's because it's such a diverse. Maybe though, it's because the weather's so shit. No, no, no it's true though. Like the sun's come out this week, and it's been beautiful. It's and been I insane, right? Everyone's happier. There's more people on the street. A hundred percent. Like smiles being thrown around all over the place. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's great. It feels like a different campus. It does. Yeah, that's why Vancouver in the summer is amazing. It's yeah, beautiful. yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I gotta I, stay over here for one summer. Still you haven't. Yeah. I don't know. I come back in August for one month, mm-hmm. and it's like enough time. I get right. bored. There's nothing here for me. Like no family. Yeah, yeah. Like, no work really. Like <laughs> it'd be nice to just like be properly independent. Do not. I mean, I would probably get a job. I I would hope. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would attempt to at least. It's also really hot in August, and like the forest oh, yeah. fires just kind of like. Oh yeah, there was a huge fires last last year, right? Yeah, you kind of yeah. just want to sit at home and like you can't breathe. It's horrible. Yeah, like, yeah. I've never seen anything like that before. It was interesting. Yeah, there were some terrible fires this past winter in California. Like mm. the uh, the air quality got worse than. Um, New Delhi mm-hmm. and worse than uh, what's city in Pakistan, Karachi, like worst air quality in the world. That's crazy. Insane. You know, what's crazy about that though is like referencing some city as like that normal for how bad the air pollution is. No, I, it's That's insane. Terrible. I, I I went to Delhi. I spent like total of I spent three days on the way in and like six days on the way out. Mm-hmm. And when you fly in, it's like you see this green gray cloud of just pollution and you flying into it as soon as you land you feel it in your lungs they say that living in delhi like breathing the air in a day is like smoking a pack of cigarettes or half a pack of cigarettes i think i've heard that before i've never been anywhere like that and i don't think i want to (laughs) yeah it's uh it and it yeah definitely messes with your physiology like Mm. you get headaches you get dizzy it's not good do you think the people there are used to it and they don't get those health I think no. I think that causes a lot of okay. respiratory illnesses. Like, oh, there's sure. definitely a lot of like chronic. Like, I'm sure they are in some respect. They don't notice it probably. Mm, no comparison. Yeah, but like when when the rains come in the summer, I'm sure it clears out a bit, and they realize, you know, oh my god, this is what yeah. the air is supposed to feel like. It shows how privileged we are in Vancouver, though, because we're so. Oh, yeah. I mean, we are very like s- sustainably conscious. We are very mm. environmentally conscious, and like mm-hmm. try very hard to be sustainable. Um, and our, you know, it's good. It's good that we do that. We're so far from the places that are actually like affected by these things. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, that's why I think it's so important to go to those places and mm. experience it and see what it's like to, you know, even like somewhere like Mexico City, where mm. that there's still I that really similar kind of that. level of pollution. Like you'll see a similar. What's really interesting about traveling, especially in developing countries, is there is this similar kind of like way of life there like i i you notice like things are conserved across mm. the across cultures like if it's even if it's just little stalls little men selling things on the street or like where people buy their tea or like the you know the little cafe like everything is not it's obviously so different and diverse culturally but there is something you can kind of group and be sure. like there's something there that I noticed that's the same. What What are one of those things other than air pollution? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, I would say definitely just people intera- yeah. interacting. Um, but the the main thing is just little little the little stools that just sell like random shit. So in India, you get a bunch that just sell. Um, uh, there's this stuff they they chew. It's the it's called betel nut mm. or betel nut or something. They call it supari. Mm-hmm. It's basically like chewing tobacco, but uh, 
a different thing. Yeah. Essentially. And everyone chews it. And the the packaging is everywhere on the ground. Um and but you get these similar stools that's and they sell like biscuits and little toys and shit. But you get those stools like all over Guatemala as well, and you get all those stools all over Thailand as well. Like mm-hmm. there's some like it's a similar way. Maybe That's it's just commerce, but like it's still something that yeah, I've yeah. noticed is similar, you know? A similar thread through all those. Yeah, yeah. I remember in first year sociology, we were learning about sort of isolation, like contrasting like rich neighborhoods and poor na- poor neighborhoods and learning that rich people are more often sort of like anxious or depressed. Mm. Um, like if you if you think of a house you know, like a rich person will have very, you know, they'll have a lawn, of course, with very tall hedges, a gate, maybe like a driveway, like so secluded from right. everyone else. Whereas a poor person would live in like a tenement building, like loads of people around them. And having those people around you, like makes you less likely to be anxious or depressed. Because like like you're saying, living with people like roommates yeah. or home and around, it's like yeah. so important to have people to come home to at the end of the day and just be like, oh, hey, how was your day? Like, oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. And just, just having some sort of outlet. 100% yeah and a maybe, community definitely yeah and, like maybe the reason why people are less engaging here in vancouver or other similar cities in the west is because we don't feel like we have to be like mm. oh we have our phone we have like vancouver is so diverse which is amazing and it is the main reason why i love it here so much but everyone here comes from somewhere where they have somewhere someone else like waiting for them you right, know right, um, right. like a facetime call or like a whatsapp group mm. like my first year here it was so hard like separating myself from like my past life in Scotland where mm. everyone I knew was and here where I knew absolutely nobody. Right. And it's so, e- oh, it's horrible to like fall back into like some sort of virtual reality life because mm. it's not at all satisfying or sufficient. Mm. Um, How do you find balancing that now? Like, do you, are you still in touch with people? Yeah, like, in touch, just yeah. like a lot more superficially, which I'm upset about. Like, it'd mm. be nice to have the same quality of like, conversations and connections like with the people that I'm meeting here yeah. like the friends that I have here and I think it's also the time difference like mm-hmm. which is like a cop-out thing to say but it's eight hours which is like awkward right like it's, right it's end of day and beginning of yeah, day yeah, and yeah. like you know, it's so hectic like a daily life it's hard to like catch up mm-hmm. um and the other thing a friend said to me when I was back home, she's like, I have no, like, I have no conception of what your daily life looks like. Hmm. And I'm like, that's, that is crazy, but it's my daily life. So I don't think about informing other people about it because it's just so normal. To yeah, me, right, know? right. Uh, so there was like a video getting, it wasn't that many views, but it like popped up on my recommended on YouTube, which was like daily life of a UBC student. Oh, that's Maybe you should send that to her. <laughs> I yeah. should get the idea. Should make my own maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. A blog. Yeah. It's uh, it's hard, and it's, I don't know, I've been increasingly thinking about, like, globalization in terms of environmental reasons and things also, but also how unsustainable it is to live, like, traveling, mm. well, like, permanently. I mean, like, I'm a Canadian citizen, so I could stay here for the rest of my life if I want to. I don't think I want to. But, like, living for four years in one place, like, making a life and then just leaving it mm-hmm. and going somewhere else. Yeah. Like, not only is it terrible for the environment, but... Like what? How does like mm-hmm. what kind of life does that create for you? Like so fragmented, but at the same time, like maybe you maintain relationships across the world. Like right. I, I do have you know friends who are in different continents all over the place. And yeah, we send like every once in a while. Like, oh hey, how's it going? What's yeah. up? Like, yeah, a hundred percent. But I don't know. I don't know whether it's it's a diff- definitely a difficult balance to strike. Mm-hmm. I, 
I don't know. There's, maybe there's something to be said for this particular stage of our lives. You know, this is a very formative time and That's like true. you should be going somewhere else and experiencing mm-hmm. somewhere else. As far as leaving it, you know, and then establishing a new life in a completely different place. Yeah. That can be tough, right? Like you've met, uh, have you heard this term? I think we, we might have talked about it before, but third culture kid. Have you heard of that? Oh, I love it. You, have, have <laughs> I you haven't heard of it, heard of it but... Uh, yeah, it's a I really interesting... Already. Yeah, it's a really interesting term because it basically corresponds for these kids who you've met, uh, you know, countless times at UBC who probably had gone to, you know, six or seven different international schools mm. and have grown up all over the world, Asia, Middle East, yeah. Europe, you know, these places where... And they don't have a culture. Yeah, like, it's yeah. this melding of... of you know experiences um and is you know like what what does that do to your mind like Mm -hmm. do you need does a human need roots like do we need somewhere we can call home and go back to and yeah you know what i mean i do know people like that who just haven't stayed in one place longer than like two years right right I feel like, uh, if, I don't know, I'm sure, uh, def, I f- everyone would wish something was different about their past. Um, mm. But it seems important to me as, like, at least a teen to, like, stay in one place and make some friends, even if they're not your lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Have, but, you're yeah, it's still, it's still experiences that you're having, even though they're different. Like, maybe it's hard being the new kid every time, but you're, you're learning. I, I was, like, even though I grew up in Scotland in, like, one block, I was commonly always like the new kid that like the like the I came from I went to high school from like a primary school that wasn't in the same area so I was like there without knowing anybody and that impacted so much of like the way I make decisions because it's not a big deal to me now anymore whether I'm in a room with no one I know because right. it's just always like it's it's common for it's me normal, to have yeah. yeah and that's I'm really grateful for that like mm-hmm. being able to be uh be able to being able to stand on your own and uh, that's valuable, but at the same time, that wasn't in a different country every time with like different languages right, and stuff. That, right. That's crazy. Yeah, I like you said, it does give you that ability to just be comfortable anywhere mm-hmm. and to make friends. Like I've definitely, I definitely picked that up. Just moving, you know, how many times? Three, twice, three times, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but you do get that. You do pick up that skill. Yeah. Um, do you think you're a third culture kid? No, no. I have because I have like cultural roots. Like I have. We went back to England enough mm-hmm. where I know my extended family. Sure. Um, there's people I know who have, like, they, you know, they moved from wherever to the States, uh, from wherever to the States, and just never went back. Yeah. And they feel, like, alienated from their, right. you know, mother culture or, like, where they were really from. Yeah. Um, and I think that can be difficult. But I do feel connected to England. Like, when I go back... There's some part of me, like, weirdly enough, it's always associated with my grandparents. Yeah, well, because uh, because yeah, that's who we'd stay with, and sure. you know, um, but yeah, I do feel a connection. I definitely would go back. I definitely live there. I don't know if I'd live there forever, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, for sure, I've considered it. Do you I, have British citizenship? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dope. Yeah, nice. And hopefully, I'm. I saw that today they uh, just submitted a a petition to to uh, what's it called, like revoke Article oh, Fifty. God. And <laughs> and so I'm hoping that like there'll be another debate in Parliament, oh, yeah. and like this never actually happens. So. I follow the Guardian Instagram, and they're really good with like keeping like everyone up to tabs with like what's actually going on with Brexit. And mm-hmm. I was I was flicking through that uh, before I met you, and it's just it's terrible. I really hope that it doesn't happen either, because yeah. it'd be nice to have access to Europe. It would be know? great. It yeah, that'd be amazing. amazing. <laughs> but then Scotland's just gonna leave. Scotland's just gonna and leave. just gonna I stay in the EU, right? Like. I don't know, but then again, no, you come you come ahead to this really interesting question, like, 
democracy had like democracy made a decision, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, you can you know you can badmouth democracy all you want because <laughs> I'm not gonna say <laughs> I'm not gonna say idiots, but uh, like the less intelligent people have as much say as the most intelligent people. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people had no idea what they were voting for. Not and only that, but there's a lot of like manipulation and like corruption. Right, and, and like, they had this whole marketing mm-hmm, scheme exactly. basically, and uh, well, but also just because no one really thought that we were gonna leave. <laughs> like I think <laughs> no that was one the main it was thing. Happen, yeah, so was like, it's yeah, like Trump, it. right? <laughs> it was like no one really uh, thought that was gonna happen, and so true. they just was like it was a given. But it's like okay, well, we had this democratic system for a reason, and we made this decision with the you know vast majority or not uh what was it like 52 percent majority yeah like 54 46 yeah ridiculous (laughs) so it's like do you know do we respect that decision and it's like now well now in hindsight (laughs) we're like go back (laughs) this is bad (laughs) but i don't know it's a difficult question it's horrible that like a 51 percent majority can just like wreck so many lives yeah yeah I don't know. I don't like politics. <laughs> I don't like politics. I, I don't pay attention so too much. much to it, honestly. Like, people living together, such a weird concept. I don't think it was ever meant to happen on such a large scale as how we have it today. Hmm. Like, it's just, Interesting. It's insane. Like, this, yeah, like the why we do it. Well, we need some way to govern, right? We need to somehow... All live together. We need some kind of structure to it, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems like democracy is like representative democracy is like oh, the yeah. best way to do I, it. Yeah, I agree. I agree about that. But just like societies in general, mm. they're like so such a weird concept when you start mm. thinking hard about it. Like they, like like the extent to which they shape us mm-hmm. is so strong and extensive, and then. Also, the the way that they limit us, mm. and it has to be like that. Because we're no talking society, you mean like our modern society, or talking about like, like because we had societies back in our hunter gatherer days too, it's right? True, but they were a lot smaller. Right, right, right. And I bet easier to manage. You know, yeah. I mean, and you t- egalitarian, and there's no real like. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, but the idea of like splitting like countries up by common interests, which mm. I think some is like what the states is close to mm-hmm. or wants to do, or somewhere where it might be useful to do that. It um, kind of, I mean, kind of is like you know, California is like pretty much overwhelmingly liberal. You know, Texas is overwhelmingly conservative. Like you can break it up. Into it is. It's interesting that it's a lot of that's due to geography, like mm, you know, the Pacific, coast. Yeah. 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 I for wonder sure. why. Was it because they were like the last people to get there, like from? You know, from colonizing the country. And I don't. California is really interesting. Like, if you look into the history of California, obviously, like it was because Mexico, it was Mexico's territory for mm-hmm. a really long time, and even before that, it was like its own thing for a while. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you obviously had like the indigenous people there, but you had like all of these people that the Spanish and this super interesting mix of all the societies coming together, like. It'd be really interesting. I'm sure there's tons of books and stuff, like how California evolved into what it is. Yeah. For sure, I'd think the coastal, everyone talks about like the coastal elites, right? These like, you know, the like sort of progressive or liberal kind of ideology does get concentrated on the coast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why that is, I don't know. Maybe you always see the ocean and you're like, (laughs) we gotta, yeah, we can make it better. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. That'd be something to look into. Yeah, absolutely. Um... But and yeah, maybe, and then you could say the same thing for like, you know, the the inland states. Like you know, they're closed off. They're more. 
I don't know. I'm just Rural, making such right? huge like generalizations. It's okay. Who yeah. <laughs> so we've got like agricultural, right. rural yep. things. Mining, and maybe a lot industry. of that was tied to slavery because mm. they benefited the most right. from slavery, and so the South did. Yeah. Yeah, and so keeping keeping things the same and conservatism and mm. all that. Mm. Um, so then it's determined by the kind of work that you do, and then Marx is right. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, all, that was a leap. <laughs> all our ideals are formed by the kind of economy, uh, our mm. economy, or like the work that we engage in. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, I, I mean, that not. goes into it, for sure, right? That's a component. It's yeah, got to be. I don't know if you can boil it down to, because there's always individuality, there's always variation, there's always other there factors, you is. know? That's the thing. It's like so hot. I've talked about. I think I talked about this last week. I had my friend Case on. He's American from mm-hmm. New York, um, and we were talking about how a lot of people do like to. When you say, when I say I'm American or I'm from America or I live in America, sometimes I say I'm from America, mm-hmm. and you do get this immediate like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, uh, from American. Where in America? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, and it's. Yeah, and it comes from Europeans a lot of the time, uh-huh. and it's like this, you know, immediate prejudgment. Like I can feel it; I can literally feel it. I can yeah. see it in their face. It's like, and it takes a long time to realize that the U.S. is just this massive conglomeration of so many different things. Yeah, and you obviously have the like, you have this mentality of like this, you know, go get them and <laughs> capitalism and like, yeah, and you. You have the immigrant mentality of mm-hmm. all these people coming over, and I don't know. It's it's the hard place to put in a box. You it know is. what I mean? And so many people do it so unthinkingly. I wonder, can you like boil down the reaction or that prejudgment to a word? Like, hmm. is it hostile or is it quite? I, I feel like it might just be like, whoa, like you could be anyone. Like, <laughs> right? Or it's like, do you have a gun? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's hostile. It's just because uh, whenever whenever you tell someone you're from Canada, they're like, "Oh, Canada! Wow!" Yeah, cool. right, like right, right, right. You get that opposite effect. It. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's so, then so the true. So the American one is slightly hostile, or it's more hostile than Canadian because Canadian everyone just thinks harmless, polite, um, you know, easygoing. Yeah, uh, which, I don't know. Likes <laughs> hockey. Like it's you know what I mean. Yeah, Again, yeah. it's a super easy generalization to it make because. Canada is way more than that, but yeah, it's really fascinating. Like, and I hadn't I'm, I'm thought about it like that. Canada is quite like a safe and like mellow place. Definitely, compared to the states for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even I went down to Portland for reading week, and uh-huh. it's like I don't know. It's, there's something <coughs> different in the air there. I you swear. feel it like, immediately, yeah. right? As soon as you cross the border, you're like, oh wow, Canada is a different country. Yeah, like this feels different. America yeah. is like outlandish freedom, just mm. self, like free self-expression and like anything you want. Right, right. Yeah, and as big and as large and as much money as you can <laughs> make it, honestly. What a place. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, but I do... I mean, I love America. I really do. I Like, I saw... Again, this was something that I saw traveling is that it's still this symbol of of making it, of, yeah. of finding an, a better way to live. And it's interesting, like, you go there and or like especially in India you have people constantly coming up to you like asking you like how much cup of coffee is how much is a book like how much is like all with like reference yeah. trying to like get reference points 
Mm. And you like tell them and they're, they're like just blown away. They're like, what? Like, uh, you know, like that's 200 cool. rupees for a yeah. coffee? Like, no way. That's insane. Because it's much cheaper there. Yeah, well, just because they don't have the rep. And then I'm like, well, you you know, you're starting, your salary is this amount. Oh, right, And right. then they're, the, oh. where, you know, they're, they're all, they're trying to put their kind of, their income, I guess. Mm-hmm. And trying and to match it, it towards, work. yeah, and it do- doesn't work. But I found that it still is that symbol of, like, we can we can get out of this. We can do something. We can make mm. it. We can make it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's testament to the importance of history. And yeah. Like, yeah. That it is very much that. And it's kind of surprising that it's that given the, you know, it really is. Developments. Yeah. I saw recently there was an article that said that you're more likely to achieve the American dream in Canada than you are in America, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the American dream is. It's like starting a business and, or is it just, pulling yourself up from your bootstraps yeah, definitely quote that. it's like going there with nothing and be, right. being able to become anything you yeah, want exactly and the potential yeah like I said in the public perception most people is it still a place like mm-hmm. that yeah and I think it is still a place like that it's just it's becoming more difficult for sure it is and it's yeah it's yeah I don't know but it, yeah, becoming do you think it's becoming more difficult everywhere like people mm. who aren't Canadian find it very hard to come to Canada right it's yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very sort of closed off about it, which makes it all the more sort of like holy. Like yeah, and, yeah, a hundred percent. No, yeah, it is difficult to come here. They got enough people. They want. Well, <laughs> did you know that? Uh, so I think Canada's birth rate has is like actually below replacement level. It is, yeah. So they need immigration to like maintain yeah. you know, the population. I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's the way forward, a hundred percent. Because you see, like. I think the U.S. is like around replacement level, or it's mm-hmm. kind of dropping. Like Japan is really low, really? Italy is really low. Mm. So like we have these booming populations, especially in Africa, India. Um, those are like the main demographics where it's growing really fast. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess the best way is to just you know migrate those people. But then you're like, okay, how do we do that? Like. Is there some form of cultural assimilation that needs to happen? Do we need to educate these people? Do we need to, tr- like, give them language skills? Yeah. But then again, like, we didn't have to do that for, you know, like, European immigrants. Mm-hmm. But it's like, is it different because they're coming from different religions and different... Like, it's hard. I can't remember what the term is, but there is... It's, uh, taking, it's like, around the sphere of... R- taking reverse colonial action or something like that, like mm. reversing the effects of colonialism, which is exactly that. It's like opening doors to places that have been colonized and being like, hey, like you're welcome to come here mm. of your own free will <laughs> right. if you want. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Like the way the population, like just the, the yeah. countries that you've named, like, yeah. like India, for example. And we are doing that. Like, I mean, I think it's like you say, you need to be of a certain social class probably to get that opportunity. Like mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you'd, most likely need to be educated and like to qualify for a visa and all, yeah, all that stuff for right Canada, it's pretty thorough yeah like, amount of income and like jobs you need to have like a job lined up here right things yeah like that. yeah but like so should we just open the gates and just say like come if you want or like like do you need some kind of vetting you know what i mean like how mm-hmm. do you that's a difficult yeah thing to do i think it's a it's a good question given gr- yeah growing population rates because we're gonna have to deal with it, yeah. for sure. At some lots, point, lots of like conflict also, and migration of like refugees right. also. Like, you know, the question of borders and like how useful are they? And right, I, I'm sure they're useful, but uh, how strict they have to be, I don't know. 
Yeah, it's a t- it's a hard one because yeah. you, ne- you do need some way to keep the bad people out. Like you don't want criminals here. Like that is, no. you know, that yes, it's a it's a talking point of of the right, but it's a, it's a valid point. Like it you, is. You need some kind of vetting process. So like, are you a criminal? <laughs> but like, can you know how do you do? Like, I don't know. No, <laughs> that no was easy. Though. I'm like, in. Like, I'm sure there's criminals who have who, committed pa- crimes in the past who won't commit crimes right, again. And right. people who've never committed crimes. Who that might, are going to. Yeah, yeah. Who might move and undergo some trauma from moving and being like, okay, like, turn to crime. I have no idea. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's impossible. <laughs> it's like impossible to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to solve it, Katya. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but talking about it is important. Yeah, you know? it's the way forward. Getting it out there. Leaps and bounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's all we had. To, that's really all we can do. Like That's what I come back to over and over again. It's like, how much change can you really affect on an individual basis? The only change you can affect is by getting more people involved in whatever sure. you're trying to do. Think about Greta Thunberg, that little Swedish girl who started the whole climate oh, the change movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was like, her her government nominated her for the Nobel Peace Prize. And she was like, oh, really? like, I never thought, you know, it's like, what could one person do? Well, apparently a whole lot, a lot. you know, yeah. like just activating like millions of people around the world. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And how old is she? She's like 11 or I know, something, right? It's, it's terrible. Crazy. Like, what have I done in comparison? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Written a whole bunch of essays that aren't really ever going to make a change. <laughs> Hey, don't compare is yourself that, to other people, Katya. <laughs> no. That's always is that a, an anomaly? Is she an anomaly? Like, that sort of individual making change in the world? Probably not. Like, if you think about all the people who've ever known you in your life and, like, where they're going, and you never know, like, at one point, your voice is going to pop into their head. They're going to be like, <gasps> That's true. Yeah, you don't know the effect that you're, you know, having on people every day. That's definitely true. So it's good to have a good effect on people. Right. When you meet them. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I definitely go about just trying to like even small interactions my goal is to you know make it a positive one or make it a neutral one (laughs) a neutral one (laughs) like no just not negative (laughs) as long as it goes I feel like I struggle with that like I also yeah I'm like someone who like if I'm feeling something I feel like I I don't have to uh, it's not like justify. I don't know. Like if I'm having a rubbish day, I'm like, okay, I'm having a rubbish day. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I get so it's like stuck in it, and this attitude of um. But do you make it? Do you like project it on people though? No, usually when I'm having a shitty day, I kind of like just introvert mm-hmm. and like. <laughs> yeah, I think that's <laughs> close fine. off. Yeah. yeah, neutral, right? Yeah. But this like, this attitude that I've had, uh, returning back to the original big question. Um, of sort of just like breaking yourself down into the situations that you're in. Like, I've not had a shitty day in so long because whenever something bad happens, I'm like, okay, maybe this is bad here. We're going to leave it here. Or like, why is this even bad? Mm -hmm. Like, think about it. Like, there isn't any reason for this to be bad. And just Mm -hmm. adapting it or leaving it behind or getting rid of it completely. Well, yeah. And that's, it's cool. This is the first time I've realized I haven't had like a bad day in a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's definitely something i've noticed is like that uh, yeah like i said ties into the like meditative or that awareness that you can tap into it's like you know like how bad is my situation mm-hmm. and i i've this is another big question that i was gonna do a whole other podcast on but this is a good time to bring it up it. it's like is it justified to use they, they call it downward social comparison in like social psychology literature so like um thinking uh, like i always have this image of this girl 
coming up to me. She can't have been more than like 10 or 11, mm-hmm. carrying a baby and begging for money. Mm. And like just coming up to me like while I was in a rickshaw, just like in traffic. Yeah. And just like, I was just, you're forced to confront with reality and like think about this little girl's life and like what her daily routine is like and like like wow like there's nothing separating me and her like mm-hmm. it's just luck of the draw that I got to be where I am and where she is you know it is. and like but is that justified that I can make myself feel better by thinking about that little girl like I, I don't know I, I think no one's getting hurt in the process right mm-hmm. I, it's not it's not like oh I'm so glad that little girl is homeless and living under a bridge it's like I need to take advantage, full advantage of my privileged position because there are so many people that aren't mm. in that position. That's really interesting. I thought you were going to ask, like, is it justified that I feel bad about something even though there's people who have a worse situation and, like, also feel bad? But mm. I think that you're – I think that you are justified. Um, uh, you're justified to – like, it's it's allowing you to reflect on your situation and appreciate it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And use it for good, I imagine. Yeah. You, you mean – yeah, usually. It's just like my – like, I'm trying well, to make myself – in the end, right? Like, you're not going to take this position of privilege that you have and right, like, right, use right. it to con- continue disadvantaging people yes. because of your position. Right. So it has to come down to, like, am I actually taking advantage of yeah. my position? Which I, I think you are. If you can like reflect on it and be like, "Wow, I'm really lucky to to be here yeah. and have this," yeah, and then just like continue on with that, like contribute to change. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a principle that I came across last week, and it was the idea that like inequalities are justified if the people who are the worst off are as best as they could be, or something like hmm. that, um, or like the people like. I don't know, like, like, do you believe in, like, a trickle-down effect? Like, if you're, if, you know, you have very privileged people in some way, it's going to benefit the people who are very not privileged. It's tough, right? I think, yeah, I think Reagan kind of proved the (laughs) trickle-down economics doesn't really work very well. Just, like, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer and the divide just keeps increasing. But Mm. uh, I don't know. I mean, it goes back to, like, a very kind of, it's like a woo-woo idea, but, like, putting positive energy putting positive words actions into the universe does make it's not woo woo <laughs> yeah no it's not like it does make things better for everybody yeah and there's a knock-on effect there there is something that will hopefully carry on mm-hmm. and yeah like how far does the domino effect go I, I don't know but yeah i think you're yeah i think that's a great motivator to put positivity into the world in whatever way you can do you think it's our like or your responsibility or like our responsibility for people who are halfway across the world do you think that we're we should feel bad about that ah, that's a hard question it? it's like that um peter singer's thought experiment where oh, he's like yeah. what well, it's like he's just bought you're imagining someone or you imagine yourself and you've just bought like a an expensive suit mm-hmm. or something like a $2000 suit and you're walking down the street and you see a boy drowning in the river. Mm-hmm. You don't think for a second. You jump in and you go and save the boy. Yeah. But for that amount of money, you could contribute to some charity and you could, could you could save like three people just yeah. across the world. So it's, I learned this from Sam Harris, salience determines action. How, how real it feels, how salient that yeah. action is, totally. that's what really makes us act. Yeah. And like, that's just a flaw of human psychology. Like there's no way you can really translate it into 
like uh, they did this experiment where um, they showed people advertisements of like like UNICEF or you know those um, where they show like starving children or like mm. old people and dying in terrible situations, and uh, they found that um, people were much more willing to give money if it was only if you only showed one girl and like told her story and right. went through her day as opposed to even just showing her and her brother yeah and wow. you got a huge drop off and then you got an even bigger drop off with you showed her her brother and her whole people. town right like it's just because i think it just snowballs in our heads like subconsciously like oh shit what the fuck am i gonna do about that yeah, like yeah. how the hell Can't am i gonna fix that but if it's one girl you'd be like mm-hmm. oh i can help her you know i wonder like that same idea though seems to back up this notion that we aren't fit for this open door the whole world is yours like large scale Mm. um way of life that we have set up where you can access like everything you want from your phone basically because it doesn't feel real or tangible or Mm. doesn't affect us that much doesn't make you feel good in the same way that like connecting with a real human being like makes you feel yeah it's it's virtual it's it's yeah you say it's fake like it's it's a I don't know, it's a ghost of what it actually, what real interaction is. It is. feels much different to, you know, even calling someone. Like, calling someone is very, I don't know, it's it's gratifying. Like, it, you can hear their voice, but and you can kind of modulate, like, how they're feeling just off that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something completely lost in, like, a face-to-face interaction like the one we're having now. Like, Definitely. body language, eye contact, all that stuff plays yeah. a role. Like, it's huge. And we're definitely missing out on that and that's i don't know that's definitely gonna have downstream effects for especially kids like oh man i'd so glad about i don't know about you but so glad i had a childhood where i didn't have you know a phone constantly in my hand yeah i feel the same way but i I also always catch myself because i'm like like i'm pretty sure my parents said the same thing you know Mm -hmm. like growing up with absolutely no sort of technology yeah and i i wonder if i'm just turning into like a really cranky old person already and being like fearful of technology no yeah totally am like a hundred percent terrible (laughs) every generation is like oh these kids (laughs) these days man like they're gonna ruin the world and like yeah it's a i don't know what that is it's just a common common assumption a common trend maybe for your own could be yeah just like uh superiority for for whatever reason you know like i yeah i don't know where that comes from i was watching this like preteen on the bus on snapchat and she has like like friggin 80 friends on snapchat all of them have like 500 day streaks and i'm just yeah (laughs) the streaks oh man that makes me go crazy (laughs) yeah no that makes me go crazy because then like they'll open it take a photo of like their thumb in a blur and be like send streak streak it's like what are you doing like so strange it's so different yeah yeah but then yeah i guess like you said like all parents would say the same thing about just i don't know texting or whatever yeah having a brick phone was like right a violation to them yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) right right um yeah it's ah man a weird thing to contend with i don't know how that's the uh, that's the curiosity that like drives me forward like what the fuck is the world gonna look like in like even 30 years Mm. like i'm so interested it really scares me like it it, it's daunting to me it's like i have no idea like i don't know like what role i'm gonna play in it or if i'm gonna play any role or if i'm just gonna be dragged along by it you know yeah yeah probably the case (laughs) (laughs) kicking and screaming yeah i i i don't know the best you can do is find something you enjoy doing and hopefully it contributes to the world in some way right 
I thought that I wanted to sort of like travel all the time and just con- continually, continually like make new situations and new life experiences, and that's changed completely in the last month. And I think、mm. a large part of that is like environmental reasons, but like the idea, like the idea of just like having one place. Where you don't move from, and it's like, and it's a good place. It's, <laughs> it's a good place. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an ideal place, and you're you're not constantly upping and going and making a big carbon footprint, but also、mm. just like having permanence around you,、mm-hmm. like, yeah, seems deeper maybe than like,、hmm. I don't know if 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 we can、uh, extrapolate like that from social media and say that it's a very superficial way of interacting. To sort of the bigger picture of always interacting with like solid, very real things. Right.、Um, the best way to do that would be to maintain like long term、yeah, connection instead of the like hopping thing that's、right. very common in our yeah our, our generation. Yeah, that's true. No, like I I definitely have to, you know I thought about that a lot and travel was a especially that big trip I did. It was a very formative experience. What big trip? Oh, I did a. I talked about it like a jillion times on the podcast,、right. so I'll just give you like a brief overview.、Yeah. But、um, I took a year off before coming to university,、yeah. um, and that's like when I went to India. And so I went. To, I was traveling for like seven months. Amazing.、Um, it, it was incredible, and like something that I'll remember for the rest of my life, and I do intend on continue to do. But I, like you, I think I'll always come back to somewhere.、Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think I. I realized the value of that, and I come, even like the last six weeks I was in England, and it was really great because it was kind of it marked the end of my trip. I wasn't actually home, but I was somewhere familiar.、Yeah. I just stayed in my grandma's house and like played football, like ate a lot of food. Like it was actually a beautiful English <laughs> summer, and so it was just it was amazing, and like it was like time to just reflect and read and yeah, yeah. and and think about it, and then. Going home, I felt like ready, and I felt like I'm so excited to see my friends, and I'm so excited to bring my perspective to them. And coming home is like a, it's a trip, like especially after a long time, yeah. Especially in Asia and or like Central America or those kind of places、mm-hmm. where just life is way different. Yeah, it's weird. Like my friends would tell you, I was like bewildered. <laughs> like I didn't know what was going on. Like I saw them, I had like crazy beard and like weird clothes on, and they were just like. What the hell happened to Sam? <laughs> yeah. When you come home from university, do you like have a routine that you fall into in your home? For sure. What, what's the like general feeling or like atmosphere when you come home? Immediately, it's just like chill. Yeah, switch off. <laughs> yeah, like the like that's the first thing that my body just feels more like apt to do that too. Like、mm-hmm. here, I feel like I need to be productive.、Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's because I'm always in school and like、yeah. have shit to do,、Definitely. but. At home, yeah, I just like wanna just fucking you know like eat dinner in front of the TV、mm-hmm. with my family and watch like some dumb movie. Yeah, that's the same. I totally like switch off whenever I'm home, and、yeah. I don't know if it's because Aberdeen is like such a small place,、mm. but I just get completely like uninspired, unmotivated, and、hmm. just like lazy, you know. Oh、that's、really? What, yeah, like I don't know. There, I've I don't, maybe I've 
commonly said this in the past that it feels like there's just nothing there for me anymore. Like everyone's sort of like moved out to university and like different mm. Scottish cities, that kind of thing. And whenever I come back to Vancouver, it's the opposite. I'm like super into photography again, super into like reading and just getting stuff done, which just like doesn't happen when I'm wow. home. Yeah. It's so, like some, I mean, I do, I love like the, the, I love, I love that in, in a way, like being able to switch off mm-hmm. and not have to feel like you're constantly on the go. Right gets tiring <laughs> yeah yeah long term <laughs> no definitely definitely makes me miss vancouver a lot so um, do you you don't have any friends or anybody still yeah i do like really do. close friends from like when i was a kid uh-huh um one of them is like in university in england and they have like really weird terms like she's there until july or something mm-hmm, yeah her family's also down there so she looks yeah, i don't know she has reason to stay there um, other friends, you know, they have their they live in Edinburgh mostly, and they have like a flat. Their work, their new university friends, like that kind of thing. Yeah, new like, life. Yeah, and I have my family, which is great, um, but only goes so far. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Aberdeen's just it's just such a such a small small place, mm-hmm. I, or it feels like it anyway. I don't I don't think that it's it's not like a tiny town. How many people live there? You know? Oh, so many people ask. I should remember. I think it's I'm gonna mess up. I don't know. Um, it's not tiny. It's a city, okay. but it's... Uh, like more than 100,000? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Um, definitely. I'm really bad at the first It's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I feel like it's a place people moved when they were like middle-aged and they're like, oh, what a great place to start a family. And then mm-hmm. now all the kids have left and it's just like... Right. Aging kind <laughs> of Aging place. people, yeah. It Interesting. was the oil capital <clears throat> of Europe. So it oh, had its limelight and then the oil crash happened. So everything's just sort of... Spiraling. Mm-hmm. Got you. Mm-hmm. Wow. From my perspective, anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, like, I still have an amazing group of friends that are in California. Like, a f- couple of them are finishing up terms at, like, the local community college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a few of them are graduating this year. A lot of them are taking another term, um, which I'm really happy about because I get to spend yeah. my last, like, this will be, like, the last summer I'll spend with them, right? Uh, well, I don't know, actually. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to sure. do. <laughs> we'll see. But, um I think having that group is, it's insanely important. Mm -hmm. Because I saw with my sister, like with my sister, she also took a year off after school. um, But most of her friends like left, left. Like a lot of my friends, like I said, I had like a core group of friends that either went to university locally or were at that community college or were just working. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had people to see and and like, you know, spice up my life a little bit. Where she just kind of like, work home like chill maybe like talk you know go out with my sister other sister mm-hmm. um and then that was kind of it and she kind of like stagnated yeah <clears throat> a little bit and this is not news to her like we've had, <laughs> we've had, i'm not like outing you <laughs> ellen i'm sorry <laughs> like <laughs> um but i yeah it really made me value like the importance of having just a couple of of Definitely. good friends yeah. and I, like you say, that it gives you energy. Like I have one specific friend. Uh, well, all of them, honestly, they're always doing stuff. They're yeah. they're always looking for like some kind of way to express themselves, or mm-hmm. like looking to work out, or like looking to go somewhere for the day, or just just I'm happy to just like chill with them. Yeah. Though. But it's just because they are who they are. Yeah. You know. I don't know if it's because like Vancouver is this place of like opportunity and like growth for me, mm-hmm. but like it feels like I developed this mentality here. 
that is so different from the one that I've established back home. Like mm. whenever I go back, it feels like I'm falling into old routines, which is why I'm kind of interested about going home this summer since I've developed a really new sort of like philosophy behind like how I should live. And like, mm. I don't believe in routines anymore, apparently, or even a self. So mm. technically I should go go home and be able to make what Do I want. Do you not believe in routines it. anymore? Uh, breaking habits, I guess. So like oh, the okay. idea that like, Aberdeen is boring and there's nothing going on. There isn't a great one, not one that I want to go back to. And so, like, being able to just, like, deconstruct that and be like, no, it's just, like, your past and the... You're going to try and see, like, a a new perspective that you could look at it with. Technically, it should just be... It's just there, like, and I should be able to do whatever I want with it. Right, right. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe we'll check back in after this episode. Yeah, we could have a a recoup episode. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. Interesting. So are you going to... Are you planning on doing things like are you are you having a I you know, have no idea no? <laughs> I have no idea um it, like is it a nice area like can you go and like walk and yeah it's on the sea which is nice the beach is the beach is beautiful um it's wa- very walkable because it's quite small so like my parents kind of live at like different ends of the town almost there's like kind of strange little suburb things that mm-hmm. there's nothing there um takes like an hour to walk from my mom's place to my dad's place Mm -hmm. um i think i don't know i got like my license here in october so i feel like i might be able to like rent a car there and then like you know into the countryside which is also very pretty um but it's it's less less dynamic than vancouver like there's so much art and music underground music scenes yeah 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 um it's a bigger city too right yes yeah that's almost all of it (laughs) yeah 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 so would you go like how far away is edinburgh is it really far away no nothing's far away (laughs) nothing's far away it's like three hours i don't know everything's like three hours away in scotland could you get a train or something yeah definitely i don't know i i'm really excited to go back i've always like the last few summers that i've been there like the difference between like me being here me being there has been so stark and i've always Mm felt it was because like I never fit in with the, like the Scottish attitude and like hmm. just the binge of, drinking yeah <laughs> I, what's you, that stuff iron brew or iron brew. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know I, I'd always heard when I was growing up there that like there was a binge drinking culture and I never I was like what fuck come on <laughs> and then you leave you come to Vancouver where there isn't one you're like holy shit <laughs> it's hard there um, yeah right right but there's just there's so many different mannerisms I felt I could never participate in or just, like, get from myself. Like, I'd so badly want to have, like, the banter that Scottish people have. Mm. And I just don't think I do. Like, mm. I mean, it sounds sort it's of like... It's like a whole new language, right? Like, a whole different kind of... Like, it the just, slang and... The different way that you approach people. And I think for a lot of the time that I was there, I, I viewed it as, like, a negative thing. I was like, oh, no, I want to be Canadian and I don't want to be a part of this. And I just like it's just limiting. I just limited myself mm. in that way for no good reason, really. Interesting. So uh, maybe that will change. Hopefully that would change. But you need to come back with an even like a really thick Scottish accent, then. Yeah, I think it totally just depends on the moment, like who I'm talking to. Like if yeah. you brought in one of my Scottish friends, my accent would change. Right, right. right. Um, but yeah. after the summer, it's definitely it's definitely stronger. Yeah, isn't that weird? It is weird. Yeah. It's, it's that, that desire to conform, you know? Like, yeah. I don't want to make fun of me. Like, I'll, 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 I'll speak the language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, that's something I've, I've talked about a couple of times. But, yeah, that's – having an accent is one of the most interesting things to me. Like, really? <laughs> because you can immediately tell that someone – where someone's from, where mm. like, the geographical location from which they grew up is 
in their voice. It's like yeah. encoded, and immediately, without even thinking, we can tell. Like, wait, you don't talk like I do. <laughs> oh, you're from somewhere else. You're you know what I mean? Foreign. Yeah, foreigner, <laughs> enemy. Like it's it is. It's exactly oh, what that no. is. Yeah, it's weird. Like I think it's I think it it's really weird. cool, especially with someone with a strange accent. You can mm. also have kind of like a hybrid accent, mm. um, but and yeah, you meet tons of people here. You ever met someone here that's like? You literally have no idea where the hell they're like. Yeah, you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but I am also really bad at accents. Oh so. uh, yeah, like there's, there's this one. Um, my friend Sean, met him first year. He's like doing his um, national service in Korea right now. I think he's coming back pretty soon. Mm. Um, but he like grew up in international schools, mainly in Saudi Arabia uh, and like different American schools. So his accent is like this weird. Like just neutral, like you know what I mean? All of them. Yeah, and, and then he also he's uh, you know his first language is Korean too, mm-hmm. so he can like switch into that That's mode. So cool. Yeah, and it's like I, I maybe it's because we have that innate ability to be like, okay, you're from here, mm. like that I can't identify it. It makes it kind of strange to hear yeah. and like how he pronounces things. Very I mean, overwhelmingly it's American, but there's still like layers to currents. it. Yeah, yeah, it's strange. It's really strange. I don't think it's innate, though. I definitely don't have it. Like, I, I'm just terrible at recognizing yeah. voices and, like, doing them myself. Really? Like, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I wonder it's because my, like, my dad always did, or he does, he, he does accents, like, just for fun. <laughs> like, he's he's re- he's good dad. at it. Yeah, he's really good at it. He can do, like, yeah, all over England and, like, different regional ones. And nice. Maybe because there are also so many accents within England. Say, yeah. It's such yeah. a small country, and it's so, like, different yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah and yeah. it's all like it corresponds to social class too yeah. like that's a it's a huge thing about england um that you don't get really here like there's there is distinguishable accents in the states right mm-hmm. but you a lot of people have just like the generic american accent yeah i feel like they blend easier like in canada mm-hmm. also like west coast is so different from east coast yeah but, like, yeah yeah the middle is just like a yeah right normalish exactly like, yeah <laughs> just kind of like neutral like or the stereotype. standard yeah. yeah 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 just standard yeah I wonder why that is languages are crazy though my little brother he grew up in Norway for till he was like three mm. um, and his mom's Spanish and we spoke English at home so he knew like three languages by the time wow. he was like four or something like that does he still and speak he, them no, no. no. Uh. <laughs> he moved back to Scotland it's just like just English, I think, at the moment, which is quite sad. Yeah. Um, but, like, just I have this, such a vivid memory of, like, picking up from nursery, and I didn't speak Norwegian. And he's, like, <laughs> I'm like the, his nanny or whatever is, like, talking to me, and I'm just like, oh. And he's, like, translating in the middle. He's switching <laughs> between Norwegian and English. It's like it's no big deal. At three. Yeah. Nuts. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that it's it, it goes so quickly, though, too, mm-hmm. right? Like, how quickly you lose it if that you're not using it. That scares me. Yeah. Like, you know how your brain sets. Mm. You need to like that's why learning a language is so important while you're young, young. right? To yeah. Just like make those connections. And right. Just, like right. keep them there. Yeah. Do you yeah. know any languages? Spanish. Yeah, Spanish a bit. Like I need to. That's an again, then again like another motivation to to travel and mm-hmm. go on like a big extended trip. Yeah. But preferably somewhere Spanish speaking, just because like I have it. It's there. It's like it's latent. Yeah. And I know that I just. I just have to immerse myself in it because that's what happened in Guatemala. Like, I, my Spanish got so much better within awesome. a, in a month. Like, that's all you're doing. Like, just because you're forced to speak it, yeah. you know. Did you learn it in high school? Yeah, I learned in high school. Um, learned, I guess, starting in middle school, so thirteen, fourteen ish. Mm, um, but 
not very in-depthly and like not that's what you think though until you go to Guatemala for a month and then you're like oh like I yeah. can kind of you know and like I, they definitely say like people who have the same educational level that I have but they just for whatever reason didn't practice or didn't I don't know retain it in mm-hmm. in hardly any way um, whereas I can still like I have Spanish friends and I try to <laughs> like I don't know I don't know if you find this but like a lot of people don't want to Unless maybe I'm just not uh, trying hard enough, but like they want to speak English a lot of the time. But well, I just need to like go and find a group of people that will just like speak Spanish the whole time. Totally, yeah. yeah. I'm just, there must be one on campus. There's got to be, can, yeah. You yeah. Can access. Um, I can't remember what I was gonna say. Languages? Do you speak any languages? languages? No. Uh, my mom, like my mom's Russian, so my first oh. language was Russian, which is also like in the back of my head don't have very many outlets and i mm-hmm. think that if i did have one i could pick it up yeah like, i'm sure it's there somewhere right right um learned french in high school which i'm also very keen to like maintain mm-hmm. oh what i was gonna say is um like intention no it's not intentionality it's not the word but like the desire to do something like people who have the same education that you have with a language but mm. just don't care about it right aren't gonna like right. retain it or like have it on hand if they need it for if sure you, if you like love it and you like put your heart to it even if you're not using it every day like it's gonna it's still gonna be there yeah I think that's really cool yeah i think also it's like my granddad's spanish and mm-hmm. so i have like side of my you know my blood my sp- <laughs> i, I, I was in the gym the other day wearing like a uh i have a university of granada t-shirt and this guy just comes up to me. I'm just like squatting. He just like starts conversation in Spanish, and I'm like trying to keep it going. And then he gets to a point where he just like like that. Like when I I'm fine when it's like one on one, and we're talking relatively slowly. Yeah. And I, like introductions. Yeah, and I can go back and being like, wait, what was that word? But then when someone just goes like picks up the pace, it's mm-hmm. such a fast paced language. It is. I have no idea. But uh, so yeah, I I feel like a connection to to Spanish, the language. I think it's a beautiful language. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably like the drive yeah. as well that goes into it. But totally. also just uh, I don't know. I think like you said, it's good for your brain to it like is. switch into that mode. Is it's super important. I think something crazy like you have a I'm gonna butcher this, but it's like a twenty percent less chance of developing Alzheimer's if you speak another language. Mm. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I've heard something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't quote me, but like, yeah, it's out there. Google it, folks. <laughs> but and also just being aware to different ideas of the world and mm. uh, yeah, I really want to learn French better and Russian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one would you go for first? Do you think? I don't know because if if I have sort of Russian in like my history and in I don't know it, like is it easier to access forever or like should I get mm. that really good really quick right. and then do the harder thing yeah I'm not sure I have time still to think about it <laughs> that's true would you want to take like a course or would you just want to go uh, probably just go there I, I I don't know how I feel about like doing languages in classes like I think it's obviously yeah. important to like you know reading and writing and learning the grammar and stuff but like why yeah while the theory when you can just like Go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, you're not really learning to speak it. Like I say, it's more like grammatical, like rules and stuff, which I guess is important, probably more important for some languages than others. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess, I think German is very, like, rule heavy. Oh, yeah. You know, like, German's crazy. I don't know anything about it, but I'm sure it would help if you, like, had some understanding of tenses and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so maybe you do need, like, a background in it, you know, just like a light. 
kind of. Well, see, that's the thing with Russian because it was like a mother mother tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I know all the grammar like in the mm. back of my head, and I was talking to a professor here because they were really wanting, they were really keen to like have me take a course because their department's really small and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, she's saying like the hardest part of like you know teaching Russian is like these tenses. She's like says the tense. I have no idea what it is because <laughs> I just <laughs> I'm just used to it. Just naturally, she's like English people don't know how to use it because it just doesn't exist in right. the English language. Yeah, like, you know what it means. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, wow, which is yeah, nice, nice to have. So maybe it's worth developing that while I still have it. Yeah, Russian's a fascinating language to me because it's like it does seem like very like detail oriented. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but like very specific like tenses and phrases and words and then at the same time can't you like put the words in any order and like they make sense (laughs) yeah probably i I think that's something i think like you can say you know i apple have it like you (laughs) know what i mean like you could go in that order and people would be like oh yeah i get you makes sense yeah yeah yeah. my it's, it's cute my little brother the one who spoke all those languages he still like gets his like the structure of a sentence is mixed up sometimes because mm. it's like the Norwegian way of saying it. Like they <laughs> invert like the adjective and the verb or something. I okay, don't, yeah. I don't know what it is in English, but uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> nice. Are you close cool. with your uh, little brother? Oh, so close. Well, I was. I got sad about it last week because uh, I don't see them, and I'm like, they must be so different now. They grow so quickly. Mm. <laughs> I have two little brothers. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm I'm really excited How old are they? to go home and see them. Nine and six. Wow. So very young. Yeah. Um, yeah, they grow fast. They do, and they're so funny. Uh, yeah. Have you uh, heard of the film Climax by the the mm-hmm. the, f- the filmmaker? Um, oh, it's escaping me. I can't remember. No. Okay, it's showing at the Rio, I think, next week. But it's a it's a really crazy film. Hmm. They have this this. No, I don't know. It's <laughs> don't want to explain. Don't want to go into it. It's unexplainable. Mm. Um, but there's like this little kid, a character in it, and like I got really attached because I'm like, oh, little brother. Mm. And then something terrible happens. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. It's yeah. worth seeing, and everyone who listens to this, it's really worth going to see the film Climax by Gaspar Noé. Nicely French. done. Yeah, came to. You. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, it's playing next week at the Rio and it's just like the best cinematic experience you'll ever mm. have, like experience, you know, and French um, film or it's a French film. So it's very, it's, it's French, very French. French. <laughs> they do it well though. Like, <laughs> yeah, cool. you have to go, like, if you love cinema, you should go see it. If mm. you're kind of like, uh, maybe not. Like, okay. It's pretentious, but also like well done at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've 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 learned to like those movies. I think that's a skill you have to like admiring a shot or like how you know mm-hmm. how well something has been crafted and created and thinking about like the background. I, that was something I literally never did. I don't think most people do it until you're I I just had a friend, again, similar friend um who was like the one of the in the core group that was with me throughout my uh my year off. Mm-hmm. Um but he's in performing arts at San Jose State. And, like, he was kind of the first person, him and my other friend Kyle were, like, my first people that introduced me to that layer of, you know, watching a film and being, like, you know, like, look at the all the detail that went into, like, creating this shot yeah. and, like, the beauty that's there and the, the, the meaning underlying it and all that stuff. 
Films are amazing. I think they also tie very closely to this idea of like reality and like what's tangible because that's mm. all a film is is like recreating something to be as real as possible. Right. And we're so like attracted to it. Yeah. And, like Im- immersed in it. Yeah. Um, I've done like a lot of film studies courses at UBC and they just like hammer this home and like all the theories are like it's it's so normal for us to engage in a film when it's like when you think about it the most abnormal thing ever so like, weird just watch watching something. these characters on yeah. a screen yeah completely divorced from reality like you could have a totally different world and you're just on board with it you're like yep okay right like, <laughs> yeah yeah nothing i know in the real world applies here but i can get on board with yeah it. that's actually fascinating mm-hmm. very strange i i think as humans you are we are like always looking for narratives that's mm-hmm. like a that seems to be a way we deal with the world we tell ourselves stories like yeah. can you even relate it back to yourself like you're yeah. telling yourself the story of who you think you are like totally. i was born here i left there and now i study at wherever like it's yeah. all this narrative and like that's the only way we can kind of make sense of things mm-hmm. and maybe just having something where you can actually see it and and you know there are different characters represented by different people and like it's something different than a book where yeah. You know, obviously that was also that was prior to a film. That was like how we connected with, you know, narratives. Yeah, another story. Yeah, I don't, that's really interesting. I I think I need to watch more like, like <laughs> quote unquote pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <they're good. laughs> you should take a film studies course. They're uh, yeah good good intro to it. Okay, just like a the is there one intro prof film films? Oh, Christine Evans. Christine Evans. Hands down, best prof I've ever had at UBC. She's wow. hilarious. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I, I took film theory with her, which is like philosophy of cinema, which when I heard that, I almost died. I was like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Two um, of my favorite things. It's, yeah, that that class is like all theory-based, but um, I took that in like my third year. So I had, I've had a class for like every year and you're just like, it's like when you're in high school and you take like the senior classes and then all of a sudden your high school teachers are like really cool and like mm. relaxed with you. It's like that same thing. Right, right, right. Like just this little class and like film theory talking about how film studies is essentially just a discipline found like built off of like smoking weed and watching films <laughs> and just like writing them down in like super like long-handed like flowery sort of way huh. uh but it's brilliant <laughs> uh, yeah it's nice fantastic. do you and you learn how to write about films too or yeah, yeah um film theory was it was the class i think impacted me the most hmm. but it was the one that's sort of less like the other film classes because it's sort of uh let me see if i get this right but like film studies tends to be you have the film, um, which you use a theory use a theory to look at a film, whereas film theory is like you have a theory and then you use the films to support the theory. Okay. Um, which makes sense why I liked it so much is because I'm in philosophy and the theory, right. theory is everything. <laughs> right, right. Your um, framework. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's 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 untraditional, super academic, a little mm. a little on the annoying side sometimes, mm-hmm. just nitty and yeah, um, yeah. Because I think film studies, I think like oh, you just get to watch movies. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, yeah, um, they always show there's they're like the cult film. They're like the films below the cult film. So mm. like I I had never seen Space Odyssey before this summer. Oh really? Which is a great film, but I should have seen it way earlier. But you see, have you seen a lot of Kubrick movies? Yeah, but not not from 
like film studies. They mm-hmm. wouldn't show you that because that's apparently films that everyone's already seen. Ah, uh, they want to show you that. Yeah, so like, I don't know. I feel like in the general public, that's quite like an independent indie film. Right, right. Um, and everyone's like, Psh, yeah, Kubrick. But, yeah, in the, in the textbooks, <laughs> they reference it as if you've already seen it. And I have like uh-huh. this list of all these films from the textbooks that they're using wow. as examples and I'm just like not seen. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Kubrick's, yeah, his films are amazing. Have you seen A Clockwork Orange? Yeah. That was one of the first, oh my gosh, I was a, uh, that was probably one of the first movies that, again, that, like, opened my eyes to, yeah. like, a different way a of one. analyzing. But also just how outrageous and crazy it is, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, me and my me and my friends, like, embodied the droogs, <laughs> like, for sure. That's, uh, did you read the book? I no, I didn't. So, like, droogs, that's, like, a Russian word for friends. And mm. the, the book's written by Anthony Burgess, and he uses this mix of, like, English Russian slang to make this new sort of language it's so hard to read if huh. well, I think it's so hard to read if you don't have any knowledge of like Russian because wow. they use like like you know how they're obsessed with milk in the film yeah they yeah use the Russian word for milk and like cow and mm. friends and stuff like this and wow. it's written with like the the Latin letters but uh like the way that you'd say them would be like the way you pronounce them in right. Russian wow really like interesting really good book would recommend it if you huh. can get through it yeah if you can get through <laughs> it's it. quite thin but uh the film's like well made like over it mm-hmm. um so yeah, it's, you're you're good if you've seen the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, wow, yeah. What a what a weird premise. Like, it is. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. There was um a good podcast on. Have you heard of Very Bad Wizards? Oh yeah, two philosophy professors I think or one something. Of them was a psychology one. Okay. And the philosophy one, yeah. But they did a podcast on uh, Clockwork Orange, uh. which I listened to recently. Which is it, it was good. Nice. So I would recommend. Do you listen? Do you listen to a lot of podcasts? Yeah. So when I'm at work, mm. um, just like long hours stacking books, it's useful to have the dynamic conversation going. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of running out. Like I've mm. overdone Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Sam Harris gets kind of like dark and like <laughs> heavy. Yeah, know? yeah, heavy. Very bad wizards is pretty good. They're mm-hmm. like jolly about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I need, I need variation. Yeah, yeah. You got, have you listened to anything good recently? Uh, my go-to's are like you say, obviously Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. um, but uh, the Fighter and the Kid. Mm. It's like a, it's like it's two comedians essentially just riffing and like having a good time. One. Uh, one guy Brendan Schaub and the other guy Brian Callen. Mm-hmm. Brian Callen's like this. He's an actor. Um, he's been in like show business for a long time. And then Brendan Schaub used to be an MMA fighter. Okay. And so they like they'll talk about fights, but they'll just talk about like they're just silly people. Like they're just <laughs> absurd people, That's and they just like talk about like dirty things, funny <laughs> things. And, like if I need something to just like take my mind out of where I am. Like that's a go-to. Yeah. Uh, Joey Diaz's podcast. Oh, you yeah. ever heard of that? Yeah, he's uh, been on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, uh, the Church of What's Happening Now. Right. Um, he's just great because he can like. <laughs> let me tell you, in 1986, like he'll he'll start a story that just goes into him. Like he's just had an insane life. Like yeah. he's a cocaine addict for like 20 years wow. and like has lived just like more lives than most people do. You that's know. So cool. Yeah, it's it's great, and then so I can get lost in his one just because it's so like i love thinking about him and like what new york in the 1970s was like mm. and just how crazy shit shit got that like yeah. how it was a, literally a different world from the one we're living in today just so raw and like yeah anything goes honestly and That's just like awesome. people were just so different yeah tougher definitely a lot tougher i think than today mm. oh man but um yeah that those are the those are the two that are like if i want something light yeah. usually what I go for. Noted. 
Yeah, for sure. I've never been to New York, but uh No, me neither. Yeah, we, yeah, that's a place that it's a place that's so like covered in, in film and, yeah. and TV, right? It's like <laughs> totally. this plate, New York City, like I don't yeah. know. I've never had a strong desire, and I I don't know mm. whether it's because I'm not that attracted to like the huge cityscape thing. Right. It seems like there's so many people there, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, I I I want to see it. Like uh, I get like I definitely discovered that I like I do like the buzz of a mm. of a big city. Yeah, I've learned that from Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, like you you get energy from it. Yeah. Like you really do, and and I think the best city in the world is Hong Kong hands down i think I, if i went to new york i don't know i think i'd just be com- constantly comparing it to hong kong interesting um yeah just because i had yeah it was just so much fun was that a place you hit in your, your yeah i was only i was there for like two weeks mm-hmm. but it's a small place but you're just so like i was shocked because you you realize it's not just this metropolis mm-hmm. it's like this chain of islands and oh, and right. like you got so much so many beaches and forest mm-hmm. and like like mountains and like jagged peaks oh wow and i had no idea yeah you have so much variation and like so it's cool. one of the cool my dad went to school there as well yeah um high school there so he's lots of connections like friends still there and um so i just got to stay with his friend went diving there which is like not mm. something normal pe- like normally <laughs> In Hong you Kong, do yeah, yeah it's kind of random sure. um saw a lot of jellyfish nice. <laughs> um did but, you solo travel in that year yeah yeah mm-hmm. mainly yeah all alone. like the f- first four weeks in india i was staying with family of friends mm-hmm. in uh yeah in this place called shajampur which is about six hours east of delhi mm-hmm. um and was kind of like observing volunteering at a hospital that they like they actually owned it they were like big big people in this in this town this mm-hmm. city um and then went off for like six weeks uh, traveling in, within India and my, by myself, mm-hmm. and then the rest was yeah all by myself. I've never traveled on my own. It's what I plan to do this summer. Mm. I'm like looking forward to it. Nice, but like around Europe or where do you think you'd go? No, down to uh, California. Oh, nice. Yeah, for my birthday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fuck yeah, we were talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I've been calling it my pilgrimage yeah. for <laughs> my birthday because it's something I don't know. I've I've never. I feel like I'm quite an independent person, but I've never traveled on my own, and it's something that scared me for so long. Mm-hmm. I just have no idea of what it would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it's a really good thing. To, it'd be a really good thing for me to do. A hundred percent for like a milestone. Yeah, yeah, and like it'd be honestly, it'd be weird. Like it'd be weird if you weren't afraid of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's something that is scary. Like yeah. going out into the world by yourself in a car or in a train or in yeah. a bus. Like that's a scary thing. But yeah, like say facing that is. You'll you'll love it. Trust me. Like the uh, the thing is, like you get this very romanticized view <laughs> of uh, of what traveling is, especially mm-hmm. that like world travel. Yeah. And like, it, it's not all roses and sunshine all the time. Uh, there is there are a lot of times in that trip that I I was not having a good time. Like yeah. I was in a bad place. Yeah. But there's something that will happen to you where like the place will redeem itself yeah like you'll completely lose faith in humanity <laughs> and you'll realize like oh everyone's just want to scam me like get money from me like this is horrible and then like you get invited to chai with like some random dude yeah. who just like wants to talk to you and just sit and you see his house and where he lives and like have his snacks and like and the life and then the world is okay again yeah. and you realize like oh like i just got skewed by like these small amount of assholes that are out there yeah 
and then through that you grow and you realize how to avoid the assholes. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you grow. That's a really valuable part of travel is like just having so <coughs> many experiences in like a collapsed space of time. Yes, like, that is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's like accelerated learning yeah. for the world. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So you're gonna drive down, or you're gonna fly down to train down. Oh, train! I've yeah. heard that's really cool, like along the coast and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny train because it leaves at like five a.m. from Vancouver, mm. and then like by the time it gets to anywhere good, like I didn't think I was gonna stop. I don't think I want to stop anywhere in Oregon because I went there for mm-hmm. reading week, and I'm sure beyond Portland, it's all just kind of more of the same small places. But like the timings are just awkward like you Mm. get into places around like midnight like anywhere that's cool Mm. and i'm like it sounds really hard to do but maybe that's why i should do it i don't know (laughs) (laughs) oregon is really beautiful yeah like the oregon coast train down all the way to california like hang around there for the majority of the time and then like car back up and then like hit up those small spots that like would be harder to get on the train uh, it's a good move. Good not plan. sure yet, though. I don't, I'm trying to not have a plan as mm-hmm. much as possible. Yeah. Just sort of, like, go with the flow. Nice. Um, it's the best way to do it. Have, like, a loose so. idea. Yeah, loose, a loose plan. Yeah, <laughs> like no. Have the, have the major stuff figured yeah. out, but then yeah. the, the daily stuff, like, a, as it goes. Um, nice. Yeah, I've, awesome. I've heard it's fun, like, doing it on your own because you can just, you're not worried about, like, other people or, like, what other people think or want to do. Because yep. you're just, it's just you. Yeah. Do whatever you like. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's the most freedom you'll ever, like, you ever feel. I feel like I need that. Like, I've just been hit with, uh, like, so much of what I do is, like, school-orientated and then, like, peer-orientated and then, like, family-orientated. Yep. And it's just, feel, it's just seems ideal to have, like, a, sh- a short space of time just to do what I want to do like, yeah. fully. Yeah, 100%. I think it's, that's really important to incorporate that into your life. Like, I, I agree. I take the summer times also, even if it's just, like, a weekend here or there or, like, like a trip, a day trip. Mm-hmm. Like, just take that time for yourself. Go for a drive where you, somewhere you've never been before. Yeah. And what will you discover? <laughs> like, it's yeah, it's cool. Uh, definitely, um, it, like, you're, like you say, you're close to cities and places even in Aberdeen that you could go and visit Mm -hmm. I'm super blessed to live in California and it's like I can go an hour in any direction and kind of see a different like biome (laughs) (laughs) which is amazing and yeah definitely the more I go back the more I realize how special a place California is Mm -hmm. and where I grew up is for sure just very lucky (laughs) yeah yeah that the appreciation I have for it just gets bigger and bigger for sure yeah yeah I hope I find that. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate a lot of Scotland for, um, you know, its history and the culture that it has, which is unlike anywhere else. And it's very strong. Mm-hmm. Vancouver doesn't have any history, mm. really, in comparison. Right. And I think there's a lot to it that I still don't know because I grew up there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, my grandma would say that. She's like, oh, like... Why you know why are you coming to Vancouver if you don't know the place where you're from? And like I've never been to Ireland. Like I should mm. explore all those places before you know just yeah. ditching it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel the same way about the UK. Like I haven't seen much of it outside of family holidays. Mm-hmm. Like that's really. It. I mean, when I was ho- uh, when I was there, like I said, the tail end of my trip, I was mainly staying with my grandma's house. I went up to Liverpool to see my. Uh, my uncles and aunts, uncle and aunt and cousins live up there. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was really it. Like, just kind of stayed. But the thing is, like, she lives really close to London. 
and London is so cool. Like I think London's one of the that's another one of the coolest cities that really yeah that I that I've ever been to for sure. I've only been to London twice, and it was when I was quite young, and I wasn't that taken with it. Oh yeah, that's because I was quite young. Yeah, it's definitely like a nightlife mm. kind of place. Okay, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it, it really is like, and definitely having people who can show you like the cool areas. Yeah, you know, sure. like the yeah, definitely. It's the thing. Like whenever I travel, I'm always so conscious of. Um, I don't know, like wanting the full experience, and of course you're never gonna have it because you're only ever gonna have like your experience of something. Right. But, like the idea of like being somewhere for just like three days seems so unsatisfactory to me because I'm like, what are you gonna? You're gonna see the tourist things in three days, yeah. right? And then yeah. like you're gonna have to come back and see like the non-tourist things, and like what about staying here long term? Like, but it's totally different. Like my mm-hmm. first year of Vancouver has been so different from like my three years of Vancouver. Like you're, it's like so diverse, and it just like bums me out so much that I can't have it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's a completely different thing. Like you yeah. say, you get, get a completely different perspective. I, I definitely lean towards the long-term travel is just, like, better mm-hmm. and in general. Like, yeah, it, uh, you know, it's cool to see the big monuments and, like, learn about the history, but, like, really getting to know... Like, you're there to see another culture, right? Like, yeah. you're there to, like, meet people. Mm-hmm. That's the main goal. So yeah. if you can do that, then you're gonna have a good time like that's where the real experiences happen for that's sure true. and it's hard to establish the that kind of network when you're only in a place for like a couple of days mm-hmm. um at the same time not everything's possible yeah but. no absolutely yeah you i mean you can like you can do i don't know i think the best way to do it would be like ask what i would do is just like ask a ho- like the hostel man mm-hmm. there's usually a hostel man or a hostel woman and just like okay where should i go where should i not go <laughs> like yeah, yeah. um and worth it yeah what's worth it what's not and then like pick someone from the hostel that looks friendly and just like chat with them and be like hey you want to go see this thing mm-hmm. and then just walk walking yeah that's huge no headphones in and just like walking and looking around experiencing it yeah yeah i'm yeah. a big walker i'm thankful for my mom for raising me that mm. way um but it's, it's, it's like less of a thing here i mean it's hard in vancouver because it's a bigger city you can't yeah. really walk everywhere um but yeah i always get like even like I got this new bike recently and I was having so much fun like going on the, the seawall but I'm like I'm too so focused on like not bumping into anyone else I'm like not looking at the mountains mm. and the sun setting and stuff like that where it's like walking you really take everything in yeah yeah the Go pace slowly. of it yeah. yeah yeah that's true yeah, I was also grazed like a, a walker. We would go every every weekend. We'd go somewhere on a on like a, a hike. Yeah, you know, take the dogs and tire us out teaches you endurance oh my god especially <laughs> here with my family because we'll really? fucking we'll get lost <laughs> within an hour like oh, no. it was guaranteed <laughs> i could tell like guaranteed we would be walking for about three hours and then my dad would be like oh hang on oh no i think we were supposed to turn left <laughs> oh. and we'd be like dad <laughs> fucking hell why and then you know you grow through it though only yeah, one time sure. we had to get picked up by a by a park ranger really? <laughs> amazing he was like really yeah it was i was actually kind of sketch it was like getting really hot and oh like God. yeah we were all tired we've been walking for like six hours seven oh. hours it's scary to do here because the country is so big mm. like i love the idea of like back country which isn't like a term that i've ever heard before coming to vancouver because mm-hmm. you know here it's like you should stay on the trails unless you know how to do it yeah and, like head out into the wilderness on your own yeah 
And I'd love to do that, but I'm so scared. Yeah, it's like you no. could actually die. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I'd love to do one of those, like, uh, those wilderness sort of, like, survival courses, you mm. know what I mean? They, like, teach you how to forage and, and do first aid and, and stuff like that. I but think that would be really interesting. at the same time, I'm really bitter about having to pay so much money for, like, something right. that it should be natural or, like, a yeah. game or something like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of wish that you were, like, road, like raised in, like, a hunter-gatherer community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, that would have been life. Knowledge of edible mushrooms and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. so cool. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It'd be it's like a cool skill to add to the tool tool belt, you know. Yeah. Being able like to, to like, yeah, being able to survive outside. Mm-hmm. Seems important. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably get you in touch with some things, you know, like that yeah. your roots, those old old roots. Definitely. Like being in the dirt, like mm. being out, just you in the wilderness, and your your stuff i guess oh, <laughs> have you seen that youtube channel primitive technology no it's a really good youtube channel it's like a, it's like one of those soothing things like i don't know a lot of people put on in the background i feel like mm-hmm. like or a lot of people use like have you seen these coloring books that are like what are they i think they're called like awareness coloring books or i don't know they're I, really popular though for like relaxing exactly. and anxiety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have one and they they fucking yeah. they're great. Yeah, they're honestly they're really good. Um but anyway, Primitive Technology is this guy who's it's just him shorts on barefoot, no shirt and it's like him out like I'm going to show no no talking. And it's just the the description is like uh today I show you how to um like create a kiln or something. Mm. Like he he creates these insane like these things that you would have no idea that you could actually create out of yeah. earth and dirt, uh, dirt and and That's trees. So cool. um, yeah, it's really really cool. Definitely recommend checking it out. Like puts you in touch with some something <laughs> in your mind. You know, you're like oh. evolutionary. Yeah, forces. Yeah, exactly. Something. So it triggers off something for sure. It's dope. Yeah, I don't know exactly what. Ooh, you know what? We're actually uh, getting towards the end of our studio time. Do you, do you have any closing remarks, any statements you want to tell the world? Be whoever you want to be. <laughs> be whoever you That's a great way to Be whoever you want to be. Okay. And be kind. <laughs> and be kind. Nice. All right. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week.